This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. If you haven't heard about Anchor, let me tell you, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Check this out. It is free. No, I'm serious. It's free, 100%. There are creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Anchor then distributes that podcast for you, and you can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. You can also make money from that podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast all in one place. So download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started today. If you like what we have going on here, make sure that you support the people that support us. Go to shop.lowerafterhours.com for all your clothing needs. Again, find that at shop.lourafterhours.com. back on Lauer After Hours. This is Mike Ryan Fan Account, and today we are joined by Amin El Hassan. How are you, buddy? What's going on? All right, ladies and gentlemen, friends, and hashtag Lambly. Uh, my name is at Crispy Memed on Twitter. We are thrilled to be joined this week by the host of the Cinephobe Podcast, host of Black Opinions Matter, Basketball insider, perpetual friend of the Lebitard universe, honorary member of the shipping container, as far as I'm concerned, um, and basically the first person outside the the core members of the Lebitard show that I thought that dude completely gets the show. Um, Amin Al Hassan, how are you doing? Oh man, that's high, uh, high praise right there. <laughs> I. I remember you uh, calling in from time to time and just chiming in and letting the guys know that they missed a joke or they missed something about the show. And you were the first personality that I could remember going, that dude like listens, he pays attention, he gets the humor, he is in sync with that that crew of guys. So, uh, yeah, man. It's funny because I never never want to call in. That's usually... (laughs) I texted, I text Dan all the time during the show. Right. And every once in a while, he'll just say, call in and say it. (laughs) That's what, that's what's happening. I'm not calling. He makes it seem like I'm just burning up the phone lines all the time. You guys missed this or whatever. Right. I text him and I'm thinking like, that's just something for him to chuckle at as he's doing the show. Right. Of course, in truth, Dan fashion, nothing is a secret. So no, no, at a leaky, uh, leaky tard, right? Yes. Isn't that what they call him? Yes, <laughs> yes, absolutely. <laughs> All right, I mean, we have a lot of questions for you this evening. So uh, we're on your clock. Thank you again so much for your time. 
we have a lot of questions for you, but I'm going to start in a place uh, that if you've been a listener to Levitard for any amount of time, you know this, uh, this man, Amin, is intimately familiar with this world, it means a lot to him, he's incredibly well-versed in it, and that world, of course, is karaoke. Uh, I mean, we know your, uh, basically we know which songs you prefer to do. I have a different question. I'm a connoisseur of karaoke myself. What is your favorite duet to perform? I don't perform a lot of duets. I find that duets are, the problem with duets is it requires that your partner has the same amount of enthusiasm as you do. If they don't, it gets really awkward because it becomes very obvious to the crowd. He's really into it. The other person is not. And so then, you know, without the suspension of kind of DJ at the end, just just pull it up on YouTube and I'll sing along. (laughs) And I think he thought like I was just completely out of it. So he's like, Oh, I can't find it. Like, bro, I let, I go on YouTube every day. Listen to that song. You're not gonna lie to me and tell me it's not on YouTube all of a sudden. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, that that uh, you can't you can't slip like clearly that's that's a, a out of left field song you're asking for there. So you're you're intimately familiar with it. You're going to know if it's on YouTube or not. All right, so we're going to start off with the uh, the member of the Lower Rangers uh, that booked you actually, Steve, I believe, slid oh, into buddy. your sleeve, slid into your DMs. He's uh he's got a question for you about the show, I believe. Steve, go ahead. How you doing, I mean? What's up, Steve? So for those of you guys that don't know, Steve and, and his wife won a, I believe it was an auction, right, Steve? No, Chris just let me in. Oh, just, I was just, oh, shit, man, I've been giving you too much credit then. <laughs> I was like, this guy's big money. He won an auction. He got the whole tour or whatever. And it turns out they were just hanging out. Yeah. So, but anyway, they came to the studio and they hung out during the show and they were very pleasant people. And it's always good because half the time we think that everyone who's a listener is an axe murderer. So whenever it's like, oh, you're just normal. Thank God. You know, it, it is definitely reassuring. I think it helped when I was there with my wife compared to just being a guy by himself. That's it gives me some credit. But, but she's into it too. So that, that's that's a cool thing because sometimes you get these people like at Moss Miami. I met a bunch of couples, but it was clear like one of y'all is really into this. Other one's like, I'm a good partner, so I support my my, my significant other. All right. So my question, basically, it goes back to uh, what Crispy said at the beginning with you being such a big fan of the show. So like to be that big of a fan and then all of a sudden being brought into the universe. So like, do you remember your first experience being brought on to the show? And what's it like just being actually like part of the show now that you love so much? Yeah. So it's to me, it's actually the opposite of what I think many people probably imagine. People think I was a huge fan and then finally got my shot. It was the opposite. I'd never heard the show. Uh, because at the time uh, it was on four to seven and locally for us here in Phoenix, they play the local guys. We didn't have a separate ESPN station. So they would play Mike and Mike and they play whatever was on midday the cowherd, but they wouldn't play Levitard. So I didn't know anything. The only thing I knew were the rants, right? The uh, give it to me again. Get like, and they were funny and hilarious. I'm like, Oh, that's, that's pretty cool. But other than that, I didn't, I was not aware of any of the inside jokes or anything. And so I had gone on Sports Center, I want to say, or maybe it was Mike and Mike, but you know, I was talking about Hassan Whiteside. And uh the two people who I think are most responsible for me getting on Levitar show is George Sedano and Tom Havistro. Because obviously those guys, Tom at the time was living in Miami. George obviously has been uh 
a friend of the show for a long time. And they kept telling Mike and telling Dan, you need to get this guy Amin on. You, get, you need to get this guy Amin on. So right when Hassan Whiteside was starting to blow up for the heat and Dan kept asking, how is it, how is it possible that this guy, you know, could slip through the cracks? How did the heat, you know, find this guy? And they, they brought me on and they asked, that was my first question. And I said, it's easy because he was a jackass. And I think that answer blew Dan away because most <laughs> analysts come on and hem and haw and fence sitting on, well, you know, blah, blah, blah. and I was like, no, he was a jackass. And I told all these stories about this is how you burn your way out of the league. This is how you find yourself in Lebanon or wherever he was playing. Um, and I'll never forget it because I was driving from Bristol to Boston to a Celtics game. And so I did the call in the phone and I just got into Boston. So I hung up and I was looking for parking. And after I parked, I got out and I looked at my phone and I got all these text messages. So what's going on? And they said, after that segment, the next segment, Dan just sat there and was talking about where have they been hiding this guy? Da, 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 da. Like he just made this big deal about like, we don't get people who speak this frankly or whatever. So then they asked me to come a couple more times like that. They call in. And then at one point they said, can you, you want to co-host come do the show? And I said, sure. Do, do I uh, connect to my Comrex box or do you want me to go into the studio locally or whatever? Like, no, no, we want you to fly to Miami. And that's really when I started kind of picking up. Like, I'll never forget, they gave me the, the uh, George was coaching me up. He's like, look, they like to end every segment with a joke. So just be ready that, like, <laughs> like just be ready. When it hits a punchline, they're just going to go to break. They're not going to do the whole radio. When we come back, blah, blah, blah. Like, so <laughs> I remember being in the room, and they did the punchline, and everyone instinctively, instinctively leaned back from the microphone. They all leaned back. And I was like, oh, okay, that's the cue. And afterwards, I can't remember who said it. I was like, oh, you're the first person who's ever sat in that chair and got it. Like, didn't try to add another point or whatever. So, Whoa. and then from there, it just kind of like, then I was like, okay. It started getting televised on Fusion right around that time. And that's when I started watching. And, it, you know, obviously on the West Coast, that's our morning show, 7 to 10. So, and then I've been a fan ever since pretty much. All right. Great answer. I mean, that was, that was fantastic. Good to hear. Um, all right. Next up, we've got uh, Leberedit, I believe. Leberedit on Twitter. Mark, known to us. Mark, go ahead. Hey, I mean. Hey, what's up, Mark? Nice to talk to you in person. Uh, so I have a serious question. So it's been about a year since the Revolution Sedan, uh, where the president was ousted, and you're the one who kept us all updated on that. I think it's a, um, you know, you don't, we didn't see that in the regular news a whole lot, right? It wasn't covered extensively like it should have been. And now it's kind of faded off because of Corona and everything else in the news. So I guess, how are things now in a broad sense in Sudan a year later with the president removed and all of that? Better conceptually, obviously many of the problems that occur when you have 30 years of just someone literally treating the, the country like their own personal piggy bank. Um, infrastructure has been destroyed, right? Education, healthcare, all the things that a government should have been taken care of, even if they are going to be oppressive. I always say this is an extreme example. Like Saddam was an awful dictator in Iraq, right? People were murdered, people were kidnapped, da, da, da. but like they had clean roads and they had, you know, a, a, a solid middle class. They did things that the government's supposed to do. And then they did awful things on top of that. And what we had in Sudan was none of that. We had just everything was a cash grab for the ruling party. So 
um, they're gone mostly because that's the, the other thing that the government that's in control right now is a coalition between civilians and the military. And obviously, many of these military people were complicit in part of what happened over the last 30 years. But it was one of those things where, like, you can't get rid of them. You get rid of them, we're going to be fighting for like 20 years. If you just kind of, they're accepting, okay, we're not in full control anymore. If you allow them to be part of it, it's not anyone's preference, but it kind of, it's a necessary evil at this point. But uh, so there's that part of it where they're still there, people who are perpetrators of, of all the kind of atrocities that happen. The other part of it is, like I said, change is slow. And I think that's something here we can learn a lesson from in the United States because all this um, enthusiasm for the social change that's happening with people taking the streets and people finally taking Black Lives Matter seriously, that's great. But we got to understand, like, it ain't going to get fixed by November. Like, by January 1st, everything's fine. We got rid of that whole racism thing, systemic racism. <laughs> it's going to take years and years and maybe even generations to fix. And so we all have to be prepared for this long, long trip. It's like if I said, hey, we're in Miami. Let's drive to Seattle. You can't start getting antsy by the time we get to uh, Orlando or Tallahassee. It's, it's a long-ass drive. And you got to be prepared for a long drive. Thank you. Thank you for that update, Amin. Uh, all right. Up next, we have a newcomer to the podcast. Uh, I know him as Uncle Scotchy on Twitter. I believe you guys may have met at Moss Miami, Amin. Perhaps. I don't know if he introduced himself as Uncle Scotchy, though. So. <laughs> Amin. Yeah. Hey, hey, it was Eric. What's up, man? Yeah. Oh, <laughs> man. That's your uncle Scotchy. I did not know that. See, there you go. Yeah, yeah. I'm okay. I'm bad with Twitter names. When people introduce themselves by their Twitter names, I'm usually or it's the opposite. No, they, excuse me. It's it's they like, don't make much sense with their real names anyway. It's not like if, there's a hint. If I if I met in real life, I remember meeting in real life, right? And if I met you on Twitter, I'll remember your Twitter name. But like you can't cross those streams, right? Can't so cross streams. I don't Steve, I don't know what your Twitter account is. But I wouldn't know probably if you if it's not your name, then I it's wouldn't know. It's my name and you don't follow me. It's fine. Okay, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, nice segue with Sudan, but back to the karaoke uh, for a second. Uh, for the record, I did remember I did try to get Ain't Misbehaving uh, from the yes. karaoke company and they could not access it for some reason. So when you went to the DJ like that. No, no, no. He wasn't. He, wasn't he was, at the, at the he was playing again. stuff. Yeah, at the end, he was playing stuff off of YouTube. He was just freestyle. It wasn't oh, karaoke oh, anymore. Man. It was just singing for the crowd and stuff. I said, oh, throw it on. You're on YouTube. I see you got YouTube. I'll throw it on. Oh, I can't find it. Oh, don't. Um, I, I don't <laughs> like. I tell this with my kids all the time. If you if something is wrong or whatever, just tell me. I, when you lie to me, I take that as an, a personal insult. Like, you think I'm so dumb. And I'm like, oh, I guess they deleted it off of YouTube. I'm not an idiot. Just say no. I'd rather you say no than lie to me, so. Well, there was kind of a lot going on. There was a lot going on. Um, Don't defend that guy. He he know what he did. He lied. (laughs) Yeah, I hired him. I hired him. I know, but he didn't. He could have done better. Um, What was I going to say? Oh, um, Moss Miami. How hammered were you? And what's your favorite bar in Miami? How hammered was I? (laughs) I was. It was pretty bad because what it sounded worse than it really was because, as I said (laughs) on Instagram the other day. That day was the, or the day before that Friday was when we did the Iger chant. 
and that shot my voice completely. <laughs> so I walked around and it sounded like what Dan says, oh, you sound like South Beach. But that was literally, literally just from being in the, in the studio that day. Um, I also fell. I don't know if, if anyone- And you cut your arm. <laughs> I had to get you a Band-Aid. Yeah, I, yeah I, I completely ate it. I was on a scooter <laughs> and I hit a, a pothole. And so I like- Oh, well, I thought you did face. it at the venue because the venue was scared that they, I told them that, you know, they were scared they might be liable. So I'm like, you need no, no, to no. find me a Band-Aid. He hurt himself here. Oh, nice. Well, thank you. Thank you for taking <laughs> taking advantage. But uh, no, but the the real story was I was on a, a like a, a line on my way to the venue and right down that street, there was a pothole. I hit the pothole and luckily I had my face up. So none of didn't lose my teeth or whatever, but these were the breaks. And so I, I scabbed myself pretty badly. But anyway, all of this contributed to make me look a lot more disheveled than I really was. I was drunk, but I wasn't. I wasn't like it's not the worst I've ever been in Miami. So, um, favorite bar in Miami—that's a good one, man. Like Deuce like, or something? What's up? Club Deuce. I mean, you're always on South Beach when you go to the no, show. No, you know, I don't. You know, it's funny. It, the places I go on South Beach are all places where I know a bartender. That's that's Fair why enough. I go. I don't go for any other reason, right? Like, cause I know I'm gonna get generous pours. I'm gonna get, you know, maybe a couple of free ones. Like, I get charged for two drinks when I had more than two drinks. Uh, those sort of things. Um, I would say probably somewhere in Brickle, Blackbird Ordinary, maybe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's good spot. That might be, that might be it. That's a great spot. Cool. Yeah, I know them. Right on, man. Thank you. Appreciate it. No nice problem. seeing you again. Oh, no, good seeing you too. Eric. All right, Aaron in Memphis is up next. I think he's got a uh, Grizz lineup question. Aaron? Okay. All right, I mean, I was actually going to say, when I met you at Moss, uh, you seemed to have had a, a good day leading up, and you were showing me your hands. But since that's already been covered, I'll just I'll skip right to it. So, all right, I need you to give me your all-time Grizzlies starting five plus a guard – and uh, and a uh, forward slash center off the bench, and I'm going to be I'm going to be grading it. So if you get one wrong, I'll buzz you with like a or something like that. <laughs> All right. Um, I don't think I'm going too much far off the board when I say John Morant is probably starting a point. Like I think we can all agree he's the best. I mean, look, I, I was going to say Brevin Knight, but I'm like. Brevin Knight's never been as good as oh, John Moran. Those right are right. both wrong. Come what on. You say? Mike Conley? Conley, the conductor. Come oh, on, man. John, Mor- John Morant is, is... No, he's way better. Yeah, you're yeah, right. Like, like <laughs> at this point, right? If yeah. you asked me this at Moss, I would have had a different answer. Yes. But at this point, it's, it's John Morant at point. Two guard. Hmm. Should I... Well, uh, Tony Allen, right? That You guys love him too much, so I can't even... Okay, and and he's it's funny because Tony Allen is one of those guys that when he was playing, I think he didn't like me. But now, like post playing career, he's like, oh, I mean, he's a great guy. I'm like, okay, it's good to know. I thought at one point you wanted to kick my ass. A uh, small forward. Does Sharif count as a small forward? Uh, I'll allow it. Okay, I'll go. I'll go Sharif at the three. That way, I can go Zebo four and then Mark at the five. And then as far as you want a guard off the bench, a wing off the bench, and a big off the bench, right? Yeah. Guard. You know what? Fuck it. I'm still sticking with my guy, Brevin Knight, man. That's <laughs> my guy. I'm, I'm sticking to him. Brevin Knight at, at guard. 
the wing, I'll go with, oh, man, who is a Memphis wing that I enjoyed? Or maybe there's a Vancouver wing. Michael Dickerson. There you go. And uh, and at, at, at back up big, this one's easy. If you don't go big country, you're not really a Grizzlies fan. Yeah. You got to go big country. The only guy Shaq couldn't move. <laughs> All right, Aaron, Aaron, real quick, can we get a, a letter grade on a means lineup? I give it, I give it a B plus plus. Okay, just because you, you uh, wanted more Memphis guys. Huh? I wanted, I wanted Conley in there somewhere. Yeah, Conley, I, I like Conley. He's just he's 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 uh, that that core four that was there forever. It's hard to, it's hard to to. And as much as I don't really care for Rudy Gay, he was really good too. But that's just more from recent, I guess, than all time. But still, yeah, no, yeah. it was good. It Conley, was good. no, Conley, Conley. Dude, I I'm, I messed up. I forgot Conley. I'm doing the uh, the Chris Carter right. I forgot, <laughs> and now I'm just like, no, I'm covering. I do that Brevin Knight right, <laughs> but. But you're right. Conley should be. I, I still think we'll go with Ja as far as at this point. No, I agree. You're right. He's he's much more talented. Yeah. All right. Thank you, Thank you Aaron. Good basketball question. Up next, we have Stupak. I believe is Stupak here. No. Oh, no he Stupac. might. No. Nope. He 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 uh he likes to run in like like a a wrestler, you know, from the like his entrance music plays, yeah. and he he crashes in at the last second. So we'll we'll get back around to Stu Puck if he joins us later. Okay, up next we have Bruce. I believe he's got a Star Wars related question. Or I, excuse me, not Bruce. Lou. I believe Lou in sales or Lou Rafter. Oh, there's, yeah. There's Lou. Sorry. Hey. Hey, I mean, what's up? What's up, Lou? Hey. So um, I'm a big Star Wars fan like you, and uh, I think I forget when you're on the. Um, uh, shipping container you're talking about how you watch on uh vhs <laughs> uh when I, I i was at the library when i was younger and it was like the one uh vh my parents would let me let right. me get so like all three and four five and six was this like constantly on repeat in my house but my question is even though as far as we know uh the force isn't real do you still sometimes try to move things using the force all the time <laughs> All the fucking time, man. Because I always think to myself, there's going to be a breakthrough. And, like, it's just going to happen. And, like, you know, you, people don't don't think it. But it's like, there's somehow the midichlorians are going to line up. And I'm just going to top a little. I mean, my water bottle's over there. Like, just come over here. And it's probably not going to fly over, but it'll just topple over. And I'm like, there it is. And then I just have to practice every day. I don't know. One day, I, if it happens, I'll let you know. It's, it's funny because telekinesis occurs in so many other movies and comic books and stuff like that. But I always think of the force as something different. Like, no, that's it's not telekinesis. What are you doing? It's the force. So I, I try to be one with the force. If, if that answers your question, I do try to meditate sometimes and become one with the force when I'm trying to <laughs> figure things out in life. Luke awesome. move big country? What's up? Could Luke move big country? Could Luke <laughs> no, he quit, and then Yoda would do it and says, that is why you fail. <laughs> hey, uh, because this is a audio medium, I just want to let the listeners know, Amin immediately went to his Kylo Ren full-size replica helmet and held it up for everybody to see. Absolutely. I, love it. I, I, I wore it for Halloween on, on Jalen and Jacoby one time. I oh, did you really? Show, and I had the, the voice modulator on and everything. 
Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. Well, I did get a screenshot of that. I hope you don't mind me uh, me sharing it later. No, that's that all right. cool. All right, cool. All right, up next we have uh, actually Anthony from Brooklyn. Anthony, go ahead. Hey, I mean Anthony at Diana with Twitter. Um, you don't know me in person or on Twitter, but that's my stuff. So I want to start. I got two questions. First, for me and Stu as struggling Knicks fans, tell me why we should have hope for the recent hires of like World Wide West and you know Leon Rose and whatnot. And also as a second question, just to get them both out. For this NBA playoffs, do you think the champion is an asterisk in a negative way? Because, oh, no, away games and all that kind of stuff. Or do you mm -hmm. think, no, I want to give this team extra prop for winning it with all the hardship, the four months off, and everything they've had to go through? Yeah, I, I, would, I would say for the next one is easy, man. Like, Jim Dolan assumed, like, leadership, like, a, a ownership of the team, I believe it was in 99 or 2000. Um, and since then, they made the playoffs three times. If you start from 2000, 2000, they made the conference finals. 2001, they were knocked out in the first round. Uh, 2004, they made the playoffs and got bounced in the first round. And then there was the one with uh, Mike Woodson as a coach. And then everything else has been trash, right? So we've had, you've had Don Chaney and Larry Brown and Lenny Wilkins and um, – uh, you know, Larry and uh, excuse me, uh, Jeff Hornacek, uh, a zillion coaches, right? And you've had Donnie Walsh, and you've had uh, you know Steve Mills, and you had Phil Jackson, and you've had uh, you know Dave Checkets, and you've had all these other people who led the basketball operation, and all those guys have failed. Uh, what's my man, Scott Layden? All those guys, right? So, what is the one constant in all the failure? What's the one guy, one guy between the players, coaching, front office, and ownership who's been there the whole time? Jimmy and his band. Okay, JD in the straight shot, right? And so, and then, and it's not like they brought in scrubs, right? Larry Brown's a Hall of Famer. Donnie Walsh is a Hall of Famer. Mike D'Antoni's going to be a Hall of Famer, right? So what's, uh, to me, it's like, I, it doesn't matter who you bring in. If he continues to be him, it doesn't matter. And they've made good hires. Walt Perrin is a good, very, like I've known Walt from seeing him on the road as a scout. He's, he's diligent and he's a great draft mind and all that stuff. And if you look at Utah, they haven't always had top five picks, but they've managed to find talent. That A lot of that is Walt. You know, obviously, World Wide West is very connected. Leon Rose is connected. Scott Perry, I know a lot of Nick fans don't like him, but uh, Scott Perry, I've known, has always been a, a hardworking dude, a guy who does, you know, checks a lot of boxes. And the reality is none of that matters. It doesn't matter. If your owner is trash, your team is going to be trash. You might have a, a, a good win here or there, but just accept, you know, like uh, Sirit Sohi. I don't know if you guys follow her. She's a, a writer for Yahoo, but th there's a news story of a woman who got bit by a shark as she's being wheeled out is yelling, I love sharks. And Sirit quote tweeted and says, Nick fans. <laughs> they, they, they screw you over all the time and you keep coming back for more. So it's That like, one hurt, I mean. That, that hurt right there. <laughs> that's, that's what you are. Um, and the second question was, if you think the champion is going to get extra oh, props yes, because of yeah. what they've gone through or, or harder because it's been easy. It all depends on, I would say, no, I would say neither. I think it's winning a championship is hard, uh, cause it means you went through four rounds of play best of seven playoffs where you had to beat somebody who literally spent their entire life just for the last, however many days how to stop you, right? That's what makes it hard. 
and obviously you got to be healthy and all that stuff. Tom Habistro, friend of the show, obviously he wrote a great article about a month ago or so. He said, uh, yes, whoever get wins the championship absolutely should be an asterisk on it. And also here are some other ones. And he literally named every single champion in the history of the NBA and why there should be an asterisk. And it's all like last year. Oh, because KD was hurt and, and Clay got hurt the year before that. Oh, it's because LeBron broke his hand when he was kind of angry about this. And the year before that, well, this happened. The year before that, well, Draymond was suspended. And you can go through the entire history of the NBA. And the reality is there were always circumstances, but we just, over time, you don't remember them. So great example, 1988, Pistons Lakers, uh, Isaiah Thomas breaks his ankle in game six. Right. Lakers win in seven. No one ever talks about. But Isaiah was hurt. It's just Lakers won. 1989 to come back. Magic and Kareem both get hurt like in game one. So (laughs) they get swept. It's James Worthy and a bunch of and a bunch of dudes. So they get swept. Nobody ever mentions everybody on the Lakers is hurt. They just say the Pistons won two championships in 89 and 90. And that's the reality, man. Like nobody because nobody cares. The, the, The reality is if you got to that point, it's so hard that we we accept that you did something amazing thanks a lot of me no problem all right great answer i absolutely love that answer because it is the absolute truth the only thing people remember is who you know got their name in the w column at the very end absolutely all right by the way it's why kevin durant should have after he won his championship should have just stopped responding to people because they would have forgotten but what kept it going for him is that you keep talking, you keep talking, right. you keep validating them <laughs> precisely and their opinions. Precisely. All wait, right. Wait. Up, up next. Does that mean you're have... validating us? Wait a second. What? <laughs> you're humoring us. Ignore oh, me. Well, I'll shut up. Yeah. yeah. Two dollars. <laughs> Go to the ocean, yeah. whatever, wherever the closest body of water is. Five, five minute penalty. <laughs> All right. Uh, but yes, you are absolutely validating us, Amin, and we appreciate you. All right. Up next, we've got Steak out in Albuquerque. Steak? What's up, Amin? This is Steak Sauce. How you doing, brother? Hey, what's up, Steak Sauce? What's up, man? Hey, so let me preface this by saying I'm a huge wrestling dork, so I don't judge anybody on their obsessions. Mm-hmm. But uh, I just don't get the Star Wars thing. Can you convince me to watch Star Wars? Honestly, I've had this conversation a lot with friends at this point. I think unless you're a child, there's no way you can get into it. Like, because all the good stuff at Star Wars, it kind of requires that you already had these introductory courses, if you will. Introductory courses that if I introduce them to you now, it just is. So if if I say, well, let's start with the original Star Wars. You're going to see the cheesy special effects. You're going to see kind of like the rough around the edges stuff. And you won't be able to get over it. And you'll be like, this sucks. It's not for me. Um, much in the same way that I can't get, I don't get Harry Potter. I just, I don't. I tried. Thank My kids you. love Harry Potter. I'm just like a Slytherin. Like this. I'm just like, I can't. I'll give you, I don't know if there are a lot of gamers here, but uh, there's a video game called The Witcher. It's like the number one video game in the world or whatever. And Stephanie Snowden, who used to work at ESPN, has been telling me, oh, you got to play this game. You got to play this game. And so I play it. And uh, everyone's get their 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 props ready now. <laughs> their Harry Potter props. Um, <laughs> I play the game and I quit like maybe like three or four days into it. And it was, and what's wrong is like I just can't. I don't get it. Too many swords. So what does this magic potion do? Too much lingo. I was like I just don't get it. And then I started playing Fallen Order, 
and which is the Star Wars game. And I'm like, this game is amazing. My friend's like, what's the difference? It's all a bunch of lingo. And so I was like, yeah, that's lingo I know. Right. I, I know exactly what it, what it means. So it's just one of those things. If you have patience to fight through, because I think Empire Strikes Back is the best one. If you have the patience to fight through the first movie and you get to Empire, I think you're going to start to really appreciate it and Return of the Jedi is fun. And then from there, you have at least a base layer and then we can start talking about different directions you can go in as far as stuff you want to watch. So if I want to get my kids into it, which order should I watch them in? Start just chronological order, the, okay. the, uh, how they came out. Because the prequels, you'll only appreciate if... See, you're holding a nine and three quarters, and I don't know what if that's a reference to Harry Potter, or <laughs> I have no idea. I, I knew the scarf. I don't know what nine and three quarters is. Is that a hat size? No one knows, right? <laughs> but uh, but yes, for, for your kids, get them with the first three, and then, and then the prequels are only interesting in that it's backstory to things that happened in the first three all right that was a good answer that was a uh, a very thorough answer i appreciate that all right up next we have pamela i believe she has a follow-up uh star uh, star wars question pamela go ahead you mute mute oh i muted two dollars so I felt like we had something and then you made the Harry Potter comments. And so <laughs> now it, like here's the I, difference. I don't disrespect Pamela. Like my again, my kids are crazy about it. My my oldest okay. rereads the books. That's how how much about mine too. Book. But like okay. I, I try I like I said because my deal with my kids was if you read a book, we'll watch the movie. You're not gonna watch the movie before you read the book, right? That's the the so we had this whole thing where, have you finished this? Okay, now we can watch the next one. And I tried. I fall asleep. Like, I just, it's okay. not, not for me. Okay. All is forgiven. We're back together. Okay. So my question about Star Wars is, what is your favorite in the saga and why? And also the flip side, which one do you like the least and why? Oh, this is, this is the easiest question. So favorite is Empire Strikes Back right? There are other ones that have come out that I enjoy very much. There are ones that I enjoy a lot more over time. At first, I didn't like it and they grew on me. Uh, but Empire Strikes Back has always been my favorite one. Yeah. Um, I love Darth Vader. Uh, he's my favorite character probably of all time of anything. And so um, I just like watching it and noticing things that I never noticed before. Like, for instance, when he's fighting Luke, the whole time he's just toying with him. That's the whole time. He's not trying to kill him or anything. He's just toying with them. And when Luke gets one in on him, he hits him on his shoulder. Vader goes, and he gets mad. And in two strokes, he cuts his hand off because yeah. he loses his temper. It's like, this little mother. And, and that's why he does it. <laughs> and, I, and I never picked up on it when I was a kid. I just thought, oh, they're fighting, they're fighting, they're fighting. Oh, he got his hand. But in reality, it was Vader was just like BSing with his kid. And then realize, like, at some point, like, oh, you little mother, and, and just went off on him. So I love that one. Least favorite, easily, Rise of Skywalker. Mm. I thought Last Jedi took a lot of risks and tried to tell its own story and didn't just do fan service. And fans started crying about it. And rather than follow in that thing, they changed course and just tried to do a bunch of fan service stuff, right? Yeah. Love, love connection and da-da-da. And, like, it just none of it really made sense given the direction of the movie before it. Uh, I don't know if you've ever, Pamela, if you've ever seen the original script for Rise of Skywalker that Lee. No, no. It is nine million times better. It's, there, uh, there is no emperor. 
Kylo is the bad guy, but he's tormented by Luke's ghost. Luke's ghost literally just hangs out all day long, taunting him, and he's going crazy as he's kind of he goes to uh, Mustafar to find like more Sith stuff to. He searches Vader's castle. He's trying to get stronger in the dark side. And Luke is there just basically uh, messing with him. Meanwhile, uh, Ray is getting stronger. Uh, there's a scene where Poe and um, Finn steal a, a Star Destroyer. And, and I mean, it's just, it's so much more fun and it's more believable. And it's not these many leaps like, and guess who her father is? It's, <laughs> like, it's just. It was just too much for me, and, and it hurts because I was very excited going in for a twist like Ray is actually a clone that was made out of Luke's severed hand, right, or something. Yeah. And instead, it was just kind of the most boring, okay, let's just make this, like, let's do an M. Night Shyamalan movie, basically. Yeah. All right. Then we're back on track. Thank you. you. No problem. Great question, Pamela. All right, up next, I believe Stupak is now joining us. He might be on top of a cell phone tower, though. Stupak, are you there? Yeah, I'm here, bro. I don't know how good my uh, mic is, but I'm up you here. Sound, you sound good. All right, the camera's hey, like shit, though. Hey, bro, don't be disrespecting the camera. I'm giving you a good view, dog. <laughs> of what? What am I? I'm not even. What am I looking at? There go the sun, bro. Oh, there you go. Okay. <laughs> Two okay. dollars. Anyway, <laughs> hey, here you go. I want you to tell me your starting five out of movie basketball characters without picking anybody with special powers or any NBA players. Okay. All right. Um, first of all, Sidney Dean and Billy Ho. No starting doubt. Backcourt. Um, let's see. Oh, can't pick NBA players, so Neon Badeau is out at center. That would have been nice and easy. Who's a big man? In basketball movies, see there you go. Now, now, I, I I have a much like I got a better grasp of people I would not want. No one from Hoosiers, no one from Love and Basketball, no <laughs> one from the Air Up There, no one from Air, uh, Air Bud, no one from Like Mike, no one from Thunderstruck, no one from um, uh, Basketball Diaries. Like those, I can I can cut people really easy, but picking ones that can play. Who's See, I had a starting five for you. Yeah. I got Doug from a bud around. You feel me? Give me him and Wait, Shepard. Who, who, Shepard or uh, or both of them. I want both of them. That's gonna be my backcourt. You feel okay. me? Okay. Then okay. I wanted to run with uh, Dog from uh Celtic Pride. Was that Damon Wayne? I want him. <laughs> I want Manning <laughs> and then <laughs> and then I want Denzel from White Man. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, <laughs> definitely Denzel is in there. But he's you have a small lineup though. I'm not I taking mean, I'm not taking Shep because Shep hit one shot and they just repeated it over and over again. Hey, I'm man, not he taking any, he hit one jumper. He played through pain and he wasn't scared of no guns, bro. You got to take him on the team. And he, he had khakis on. I can't he take it. Subak, let me put it this way: If you showed up to a pickup game and you like just some dudes around the corner and you saw a dude wearing khakis, there's no chance you're taking him. <laughs> there's no chance no. you're picking the dude in khakis. <laughs> <laughs> no doubt I can't hold you on that one Stupak that was a fantastic question excellent question that that combined uh, obviously two loves of Amin's right there so great job alright uh, up next I believe we have Niles Niles go ahead what's happening Amin what's up Niles um, I have a two parter first what's up with your boy Terry Cruz 
Oh. And secondly, uh, <laughs> and secondly, uh, a while back you talked about how when you grew up in Sudan, you lived close to a home that was like basically strictly for torture and stuff. Yeah. And I was wondering, like, what was your life like in Sudan? All right. So let me start with the more lighthearted question and living next to a torture house in Sudan. Um, it, it's funny. <laughs> it's funny because living, you don't know any better, right? You hear about this all the time. Like Eddie, Eddie Johnson is a friend of mine. And Eddie Johnson talks about growing up with Cabrini Green, which is one of the worst housing projects in American history. Mm-hmm. And Eddie was like, we didn't know we were like we did that was life everyone around you was going through it so you just kind of figured this is life and and when you mm-hmm. accept it it's not like yeah there are things like oh i want to stay away from there or stay away from those people but for the most part you don't sit around thinking oh my god how hard life is and so for me living in sudan we weren't we weren't poor by sudanese standards i would say we were middle class but mm-hmm. if i describe my life i think people would hear things that sound very different like so for instance like going to the store barefoot like that was a, or like because I, I had one pair of shoes and I didn't want to like ruin like the shoe the nice shoes doing something getting all dusty or whatever right, mm-hmm. um, uh, or you you know obviously living across the street from a a known torture house they call them ghost houses and hearing people screaming at night because they're getting tortured, um, rolling blackouts that last like a month or more no clean water for like months or more like it's just brown and you got to put in this thing and sift it and wait for it to kind of the dirt settle at the bottom and then now we're good right uh buying milk from a milkman and it's not in a bottle he's literally with a big ass canister of milk and say i need a gallon and they just like scoop a cup in there and pour it into your plastic thing these are mm-hmm. all like normal. This was normalcy for me. It was, was mm-hmm. I didn't see anything weird about it. Um, so honestly, when I first got there, because I moved when I was eight mm-hmm. back to Sudan, it was extreme culture shock. I didn't speak the language and, you know, there's no hot and cold water in the house and TV was one TV station and there's all mm-hmm. this stuff. They're like, oh, this isn't like America. But after a while, it's like you just get used to it. And to the point where when I came back to America, I was... I, I was, there was culture shock for me, even though most people who I was t- talking to and interacting with people at school and, and friends who were here and family members who were here, they couldn't tell because I didn't have an accent because mm-hmm. obviously I learned English and I was speaking English yeah. up until eight years old in, in America. And then I go back to Sudan and I'm watching, I'm watching Star Wars and I'm watching Back to the Future 8 million times. So it's not like I'm gaining an accent. So by the time I come back, I sound like I do right now, but things like it's cold. Well, how's the sun out? And it's, it's cold. I couldn't understand that. Things like I've told this, I think I told the story on the local hour, but um, the first day I came back in the airport at Kennedy, we're in line with the passport control guys. And the one dude is talking to the other dude. He's talking about, did you get your tax refund? And the other guy says, no, uncle Billy got it off of me. Uh, this year, and it took me a minute. He meant, oh, he meant Bill Clinton, the president. He's talking bad about the president, and I thought like secret police were going to yeah. come in and, and drag him away. Like I'm 14 years old, and I'm legitimately worried and concerned of mm-hmm. secret police. And so I tell people all the time, like I've seen a lot of crazy things, and when I see things happening here that remind me of it, like that's not a good thing. So what's happening in Portland, where? They scooping you up in unmarked cars yeah. and telling people, if you follow us, we're going to shoot you. 
it sounds like, oh, yeah, like just, but like that's what Sudan was like. It was mm-hmm. if you're saying bad things about the government, you get scooped, and where they take you is to that house across the street. Damn. Mm. Damn. Yeah. Oh. Vote. Get out and vote <laughs> is basically my, my message. I, and then, okay, so now let's get really depressing. Uh, Terry Crews, man. <laughs> you know, it's funny because I... He I, went I, from Julius to that, man. <laughs> you know, like, it, like, to me, giving up on Kanye wasn't hard. I like his early stuff, but it wasn't like I got to live for it. Right. It was like, yeah, he had a good one. I've always thought he was a terrible rapper. I always thought he was a much better producer. So it's easy to, mm-hmm. to cancel Pastor Red Hat. Mm-hmm. When you talk about Terry Crews, man, I, li- I said this on the local. I was like, man, I like so much of his stuff. I love Everybody mm-hmm. Hates Chris. I love White Chicks. I love uh, Friday, next Friday or Friday after next or whatever. Um, mm-hmm. I almost love almost every role he's in at Brooklyn Nine-Nine. Yes. And to hear him talk about this, it's either unbelievably ignorant, but I don't believe he's been that removed from black people, given some of the roles he's taken. At the very least, mm-hmm. other actors who are black are around you. So he's not that removed from black people. So the other reality is like, holy shit, like he's doing this because he thinks this is going to help his career. It's like the exact opposite of Nick Cannon. Nick Cannon is yeah. doing this because he thinks it's going to help his Street credibility, or I don't know, like, oh, the, the people will love me for this. Terry mm-hmm. Crews is doing the maybe Hollywood will love me more. And the, the reality is neither of them really have to do that. They don't have to go to those lengths to be liked. You're working. People respect you. Like, dude, you don't have to go over the top to. For no need to pander. You. Yeah, no, no need, need to pander. Exactly. And that's one big pander bear right there, man. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, man. It was a pleasure talking to you, man. Yes, sir. Uh, two terms I have not heard that you just used: Pander Bear and Pastor Red Hat for Kanye. Oh, that's I don't use his name usually. I use I just call him Pastor Red Hat. Uh, it's people, a, it's a, people, look, uh, this is something that people are going to have to come to grips with. Sure, mental illness is real. Also, you can be an asshole. It's not like oh, he's an asshole because he's mentally ill. No, 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 no. Mental illness is real. Also, you can be an asshole. Right. Right. So and 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 people trying to give him a pass and Dan did this and I texted Dan it's like people aren't celebrating because they like to see I'm sure there's a, a segment that celebrates because they like to see people on the top get toppled right sure. and there's a segment that likes to laugh at everything we're just here for the jokes right but a majority of the people that I know at least black people who are celebrating him going down in flames is because of all the messed up things he said. And you can't blame it all on mental illness. That's just, that's a cop-out. That is a cop-out. Absolutely. I completely agree. Facts. All I mean, facts. I mean, we are uh, at the 853 mark. So, again, we've got a handful of questions left for you. I got, uh, I got, uh, you guys have time. I got time. I cleared hey, everything out. So We're all, you are a saint. Thank you so much, man. All right. Up next, we have Jeff. I believe he's got a, uh, some basketball questions, maybe some X's and O's. Go ahead, Jeff. Hey, man. It's Jeff from SoCal. What's up, Jeff? Uh, so I actually couldn't decide what my question was going to be. I either have some basketball X's and O's, or I have a personal story that you specifically inspired, but I'm going to need your help setting it up a little bit. Which one you favor? Uh, this is a very Levitard show gimmick of making people pick topics okay i'm gonna go with the second one give me the 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 story okay so 
really quick for uh, the listeners, could you do a real quick recap of the old Sudanese poem that you once read to the Suns organization? Yes. Okay. So I, I told this story. It was a Christmas party. The team was out of town, but the employee Christmas party still happens when it happens. And so the only representatives from basketball operations were myself and it was David Griffin, I think, was the only other guy. And so Griff gets up and says, okay, on behalf of the basketball operations department, want to you know say thank you to everyone for your hard work. Da, 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 da. And I said, Griff, if I may, and I grabbed the mic and I said, I just, you know, I love working here and it, it's such a multicultural place. You look at our team, you know, we have a player from France, a player from Brazil, a player from Canada, you know, and, and you know, players from all over the country and all over the world. And I said, I, I, you know, I too, I'm from another place. You guys don't know this. I'm from Sudan. And, you know, all of this made me think of this uh, ancient Sudanese proverb that I'm going to try and roughly translate for you all. And it goes a little like something like this. Um, uh, now the world don't move to the beat of just one drum. What might be right for you <laughs> may not be right for some. A man is born. He's a man of means, but then along come two and they've got nothing but the genes. They've got different strokes because it takes different strokes. It takes different strokes to move the world. And nobody, I'm talking about, you want to talk about a sea of silence. Everyone just kind of like stared at me like, okay. And not worse than that, I had people come up to me like, that was so moving. Thank you for sharing that. <laughs> One dude, like three days later, emailed me like the episode where uh, Arnold and his buddy get almost molested by the man at the bike shop or whatever. Like that was, that was the one personal organization who got it. Okay. So, so the story from my end is, and my dogs are barking, so I apologize, but um, uh, yeah. Uh, so basically after you told that story on air, uh, not there long after I was at a family's place for Thanksgiving and after a couple glasses of wine, I volunteered to uh, say grace and I got up in front of like <laughs> 20, 25 family members and proceeded to read out all the lyrics in much the same fashion that you did. And everybody thought I was crazy, but I personally found it hysterical. So did I they get it, appreciate it. Did they get it? Did they know what you were saying? Or did they just, think yeah, were- no, some of them picked it up. Some of them okay. just thought that, you know, I, I, I think they had <laughs> some of the same reaction you got. I would have loved to get booed. Like I, I just, the, the no reaction is so much worse than, than getting a negative reaction because the no reaction is just like, really? Nobody, nobody. I but- had to host this, this thing. Uh, you know, sports business journal does a 40 under 40 award ceremony. And one of these years I got to host it. Ironically, the year I turned 40 and I was like, and you know, like, so like my monologue was that like, I'm still eligible for about 10 more days if, if you guys want to squeeze me in. But, um, like I entertained my ass off like that night. And it was, there was one table like to the left and it was like, from the Dallas Cowboys. And they were the only table that was laughing. <laughs> and so I'm like, afterwards I'm at the bar and I'm depressed. And all these people came up like, Oh, we thought you were hilarious. Like, well, why didn't you fucking laugh then? Like you, you just let me sit out there like a dead fish. Everyone's just staring at me. I'm giving you all the material here. And apparently it was like a silent protest because 
usually they serve booze in the the ballroom and that year they froze the booze service in the middle of the thing you had to leave that the room oh no drink, and you could only get one at a time you couldn't bring oh, back like a couple God. so everyone was irritated and sober and that's why oh wow react. yeah well thank you very much for your uh inspiration in this particular well, matter you, i all i could hear when you were telling that story that first story i mean was the white guys sounders that they they play oh my god okay up next we have barrett i think he's got some sun saga questions go ahead barrett i mean my man i'm coming to you out of duval oh, what's up man is that jacksonville it is it's a pleasure to meet you and i gotta say your sun saga um, early in this quarantine inspired me to pick up the 2k and get on my gm mode to help you know ease this itch of not having any sports right so i'm gonna take it back to something that i think y'all should have talked about a little bit more and that was in the 2009 2010 time with steph curry and all that mm -hmm. and uh of course that was a big free agent year you know you got 2009 2010 2010 was the free agent we haven't gotten to 2010 yet so i think you're jumping ahead in the story we're still at the beginning of 09 10 because curry was the 09 draft and I think the last episode I did yesterday with Mike was Channing Fry being signed in 09. Yeah. And, yeah. But, so, but, so, yeah. So what I'm getting at is you guys almost made that trade and are mm -hmm. looking ahead for a year. Were you guys planning on bringing in so, like a Rudy Gay even or someone along those lines or Carlos no, Boozer? We, our cap situation would have been a lot more flexible. But I think at that point, we were looking at it as kind of what, if you look at Miami now and a couple other teams, like a rebuild without calling it a rebuild, right? So Steve would still be there and, you know, uh, Grant Hill would still be there. And, 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 but like, this was where Steph and Goron were going to be like, we're going to raise them as our backcourt of the future and all that. And so I think we were thinking about it as, taking a step back, but we're going to take massive step forwards, but not having to go tank city or anything like that. That was really the, the thought process behind that. And ultimately uh, we didn't do the deal in the middle of the season because the numbers didn't work. And because um, we felt like, look, we have a chance to be something special when we start that season. And again, we haven't, Oh, well, that was the year before that. So yeah, never mind. Yeah. No, no we didn't do it because they didn't want to do it uh, on draft day. <laughs> they, hey, but they if they out, but so. if they were gonna stick with Monte, that could have been crazy. You guys would yeah. have had like a Steve Nash. Steph would have probably been playing the two, is what I'm thinking. Yeah, and it would have been him and him and Goron would have been like positionless. We we were gonna go like they're just guards. Sometimes he's the point. Sometimes he's the point, and they both can score. No, um, and then my final question is, and you you might have touched on this, and I missed it in the last mystery crate. But with the Channing Fry thing and your team being developed a little bit differently, were you guys wanting him to shoot more? Yeah, absolutely. So I didn't get to tell the story because sometimes Mike wants to jump to the next thing. But the whole <laughs> thing was I picked up Channing in the, in the Beamer and then he signs. And then the next time I picked him up was for the press conference. So I picked him up in the airport. And that time I, I literally showed up in an unmarked, unmarked white van like a Ford Econoline. And he said, what happened to Beamer? I said, you're in Phoenix now, motherfucker. Like this. 
that was just a punt. Like, we have no money. We're the cheapest team. He, he calls it the A. Like, Channing will tell us. I've heard him tell that story on Turner before. It's, it's, he calls it the AAU van. I mean, he picked me up in the AAU van and said, so we're not in Kansas anymore. But that whole thing was, we, Alvin was like, we looked it up and you shot like eight zillion shots from 24, 20, uh, 20 feet. Just take a step back, man, and take that three-pointer. You're a great shooter. There's not, not other than the, the stigma, there's no, you should be a great three-point shooter. And so that's why we got him. We thought Portland was using him wrong and we got him. And sure enough, I, like I said, he hit more threes in his first two weeks as a Phoenix Sun than he had hit in his entire career as an NBA player. Hey, thank you, man. I love hearing you. And then real quick, do you miss Sports Nation? And I'm going to hang up uh, and listen now. Yeah, yeah, I do. I, I talk about, I think about it a lot. I talk about it sometimes. I, I've bandied about how to reboot it, even if it's a digital show. Um, it, 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 was a, it was a great show. It was a great TV show because it allowed, it was to me the closest thing on TV to Levitard show in the sense that our producers gave us a lot of uh, leeway, a lot of rope. We could go. We, I remember one time the topic was, do you think Patrick Ewing is going to do a great job at Georgetown? right when he first got hired but the video of that was our lead-in was Patrick sweating profusely and the guy interviewing him was doing something funny and we came out and I remember Marcellus and me and Michelle and and LZ were we couldn't talk we just laughed for the entire lot of time and we just moved on to the next topic it was just us laughing came out of us laughing there's a time that Michelle said the word bitch on tv like oh, no. we came out of video and of someone complaining about something and she says what a bitch and then she turns <laughs> around and goes what as if someone walking in the background was the one that yelled it there was a time that i said the word fuck on air and oh, no. i was just lucky that the miz was on and he started talking at the exact same time and so they never picked no one caught it I, I remember going to break and I was like, what's wrong? And I said, I said, fuck on air. And I said, no, you didn't. I said, I'm pretty sure I did. <laughs> and they rolled the tape and they're like, sure enough, I say it. But he's like, he starts talking at the same time. And because it's a new voice and Miz is very loud. Right. And like, it just drowns it out. So they were like, well, if someone complains, we'll do something about it. But otherwise, <laughs> let's let it roll. Um, there's Marcellus every time. Anything. He would always say, look, this comes down to a very simple explanation that I've been saying for a long time, lasers. I mean, it was just, it was, it had so many quirky elements. We had the intervention for Marcellus right. because, because he, he, his Clipper fandom had gone, he was sad when Chris Paul got traded. We did a whole like ceremony. Um, it was a show that was incredibly fun to do. Right. Uh, my, one of my favorite memories is when, what's my man? Uh, Tony Romo uh, got uh, an exemption to play on some PGA event. And I remember saying, they said, and I mean, what do you think of this? And I went in this Stugatzian assault on golf. <laughs> what a dumb prejudiced sport. 
You got some guys who their whole careers are just making the cut so that they can keep their sponsorship going, da, 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 and you are pushing them out so you can give a spot to this guy who's just basically a super <laughs> fan. Can you imagine us doing that? Hey, uh, so-and-so, I'm going to cut you. Hey, DeAndre Melton, I'm going to uh, – DeAnthony Melton, I'm going to cut you because Tony Romo really likes basketball and he wants to see what it'd be like. <laughs> and and, and I, I went for a good, like, 90 seconds, and everyone's silent, and Michelle says – no, it's an exemption, meaning he gets on addition to everyone who made the <laughs> And then I just said, well, that's why perfect. golf is dumb anyway, right? Just, <laughs> I blame golf for having dumb rules. So, yeah, I miss that show a lot. That's like the uh, Stugats ranting against the ownership Cubs. of the Cubs. Yep, oh. yep. That's exactly what that reminds Shame me. Shame on yes. them. Shame on them. Shame on them. And then uh, coming in with the facts that they didn't buy the team until Sosa was, you know, long, long gone. gone. <laughs> All right. All right. John in Miami, you've got a question about the Cinephobe podcast, I believe. Go ahead, John. Where you at, John? Uh, uh, you're hours, muted, John. John. You're, muted. You're, you're muted. You're muted. That was the most eloquent thing you've ever said, but sadly, none of us heard it. Transition. Okay. There we go. Sorry. It's all right. Hey, hey, I mean, it's John. Hey, John. Um, so, yeah, I enjoy Cinephobe. And so what I was wondering was about the origin story of Cinephobe and how, how uh, you guys came to be. Um, sounds like you have, you know, great time uh, doing it. And then uh, the second question or uh, related to that is, what movie that you guys have discussed are you guys so uh, – far apart on like where the biggest disparity is where you think it's good and or vice versa and somebody thinks it's bad okay so so the origin story actually started i the true like marvel movie origin stories in 2005 i saw this movie called envy it stars jack black and uh ben stiller and i had never heard of it i, I got it from hollywood video if you guys remember that that was like the knockoff blockbuster and i watched it and i was like I was crying laughing. I, this movie's amazing, right? And so I'm telling people, like, oh, have you seen this movie? Envy is really funny. And everyone's like, oh, that movie's terrible. Like, what are you talking about? This movie's great. And then when Rotten Tomatoes happened, I remember looking it up. I'm like, come on, like 8% or whatever. Like, it can't be that bad. Uh, another movie that's like that that came around the same time was The Breakup. I love The Breakup. That is my favorite Vince Vaughn movie. It is amazing. And it's, what I like is it's funny, but it's also like, that's what breakups look like. Those are the arguments. It was very realistic. And I realized a lot of people didn't like it because it was too real. Because it was like, it made them feel uncomfortable, reminded them of breakups they've been through, and they don't get back together at the end. It's not a happy ending. Spoiler alert. Um, so I was obsessed with this idea of watching movies and like reviewing movies that people said they didn't like or the viewers or the, the reviewers didn't like. But I, I did, right? Then, it, like, some time went by, and, you know, Zach Harper, who's my, my co-host on the show, um, he has a lot of awful movie takes. He, he, like Mike Ryan, they're neck and neck when it comes to Nick Cage movies. And so we started talking about we're going to do this podcast called Cinephobe, and we're going to review bad movies, and we're going to see if they're really bad or do they get, uh, are they not getting a fair shake? And that was kind of the genesis there. But we still haven't done Envy, is the irony. Envy is still in the tank. I'm still waiting on that one. But, like, I know Ballistic X versus Sever was one. Because we've been talking about it for, like, two years. We're going to do this podcast. But we never did it. And I was like, Ballistic X versus Sever, 0%. We have to watch this, right? 
we actually did that one. As far as one where there's a discrepancy, the cool thing is we actually have, as I switch to my spreadsheet here, we have a spreadsheet of all the movies we've done and how everybody has voted. And so I would say the one, White Chicks is definitely up there. My co-host <laughs> Zach and, and our producer, Anthony Mays, they hated it. I love White Chicks. Maybe not anymore because of the aforementioned Mr. Cruz. But it, it, it's just a silly movie, right? It's not supposed to be great. Um, Hot Rod. And this Ooh, is one love yeah, hot rod. There are a lot of people who love hot rod. And I was excited. To me, this is this is the telltale sign. Is some of these movies I hadn't seen, and I'm like, oh, I've been wanting to see it. Let me see what it's all about. Hot rod is one of them. And I'm like, oh, I'm hyped up and I'm watching it. And I'm like, it's got Danny McBride, he, he's funny, and it's got uh Andy Sandberg, who is sometimes funny. I'm like, okay, like this is gonna be great. It's it seemed like a silly kind of premise. And I'm watching, I'm like, uh-huh. And I'm like, this is not funny at all. This is very, very bland, bland. There were like three funny moments in the movie. And but Maze <laughs> loves this movie. It's literally one of his favorite movies. Yeah. And um, there's this whole army of people who I guess because they, they love Lonely Island and they love Andy Samberg, they love this movie. And I'm like, this movie made Danny McBride not funny. Like, how far do you have to go for him to not be the most hilarious person on screen like he is in every other vehicle? Right. I think uh, also with... So, uh, go ahead. Yeah, well, I was it, just going to... Go ahead. Oh, oh my fault. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah. Cinephobe, uh, download, subscribe, etc. It's... Wherever you get your podcast this week, The Adventures of Pluto Nash, a movie that costs $100 million to make, that they spent an extra $20 million in marketing and made $7 million worldwide. It made $4 million domestic and it made $2 million on opening weekend. So half of its money it made domestically was made on opening weekend, of which $22 came from the Alhassan family. Me and my brother went on opening weekend to watch <laughs> Pluto Nash. I just listened to the episode today. And it, guys, if you know this, I don't listen to podcasts, not even my own. It is legitimately hilarious. I can't wait for the video clip to come out because needless to say, it's about clones and how I feel about clones. Uh, it's a <laughs> hilarious. I heard hilarious it. It's really good. Yes. The, the, clone, the clone thing is going to be the video clip this week. So as soon as we get it turned around, I, I can't wait for all you guys to give it a listen and give it a watch. And again, uh, support the people who support the show. And I'm one of the people who support the show, so support me. Absolutely. Absolutely. All right. We got a few more questions for you. Um, uh, Cody Cavalry, uh, he's got a uh, basketball question. Cody Cavalry? You got you. What I want to mean. Thank which you for Cody, joining us, which, man. Which Cody? Uh, mainly Chris, but we support all of them. Okay. I think Chris gets a, hard, a, a, a bad rap on Reddit. I think a lot of stuff that Chris does that's funny, Reddit doesn't get. They think he's being serious, much oh, like well, the whole like corporate Michael. Like I, I, that, I was there that week and we thought we were crying, laughing. And it was just surprising to me how many people didn't get it. But also I realized it's because most people don't watch the show. They, they listen to it. So you couldn't tell that clearly when you see us all wearing glasses and suits and stuff like they're being dicks. Like you should have known. But yeah, anyways, uh, go ahead. Right, and it, it's a shame that Mark from Reddit's not here because they have a little um, rivalry going on, and it's it's pretty good. But um, anyway, so my topic is um, give us your top three, top five um, favorite NBA jerseys of all time, 
and maybe you can make up some ground with Aaron here if you include the throwback Grizzlies. I do like that black Grizzlies jersey. When they first moved from Vancouver to Memphis, they 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 had like an alternate jersey that was really cool, black with the, the teal or the green on the piping on the sides. That was cool. Was it my top five? I don't know. Um, I've always the it's not because I work for the Suns because I always felt this way before I even worked here. People don't know. I don't have any connection to the Suns emotionally other than the years that I was there and the people I worked with. But, like, I, I don't have a great – oh, Kevin Johnson's my favorite. I don't care about those guys at all. But that jersey, that Kevin Johnson, Charles Barkley, Sunburst jersey, one of the great jerseys of all time, the Showtime Lakers jersey, uh, the Bulls, Jordan, regular red and black, not the black one with the pinstripe, just the regular red and black. The Hawks jersey with Dominique Wilkins, the Pac-Man logo, that was cool. The Heat jerseys, uh, I don't know if we're counting, like, the South Beach ones. Like, all of these alternate jerseys that they come out, that Nike's put out for the Heat, are instantly vaulted to the top. And what else? Oh, the Blazers. Blazers, the Rip City ones, the throwbacks that they had, like, maybe 10 years ago, Rip City ones. Very clean, very nice. Okay, got to get a quick letter grade. Uh, uh, Cody Cavalry, give us your letter grade, and then Aaron from Memphis, I want you to grade it too. Uh, I'm going to give him a give him an A minus. What, what did I not have that you wanted? Um, <laughs> well, I'm I'm honestly in the uh, Stu Gotts and, and the uh, Tony Knicks group, so maybe one of the Knicks um, groups. But uh, I mean, man, there's like you said, there's there's so many, man. I mean, honestly, there's no way anybody could get an A or an A plus because there there's just so many that have come out recently. It's it's impossible to get a, a perfect top five. All right, Aaron yeah, from like, Memphis. I, I'm sure I'm forgetting some of the the other alternate ones that have come out under Nike recently. But some yeah, some Aaron, of the some of the jazz ones have been sneaky nice too. I wish you know that that sunset one. If they blended it, I would love it. But it's because it's block. It's kind of it's. Eh, yeah, I'm with you. Aaron mm. from Memphis. What do you give the that uh, lineup? Mm. D. D. Whoa. D. What, did, right. what did you want? What did you want? All right, you got to have the teal Grizzlies throwbacks. No, you got to have the no, they're not. They're beautiful. You got to have the throwback Rockets. Which ones? You the red, like the okay. Elijah one, the era. mustard, the ketchup mustard one. Yeah, those those yes. are cool. Those are cool. Not top I, five. I, really I like cool. the Suns. I like the Suns with the sunrise. The like the Sun throwback first. Suns. Yeah, yeah. And uh, I like the purple. No, I like the black pinstripe Raptors. Oh, the Raptors black one. Yeah. The Raptors oh. after they got rid of the dinosaur. That's when I thought they started looking very cool, very different. So I'll give them that. Yeah, past the Barney one, I think they evolved a little bit. All right, up next, we have Mike Ryan fan account. He is the one that put this whole thing together, I believe. So, Mike Ryan fan account, go ahead. Mute? Uh, Mike Ryan, I think you're muted still. Yeah. No, is, is, is your, On your mic dying? The mic dying? Because there's a light that's flashing, and that's yeah. usually not a good sign. The movies have taught me. Can you hear me? Uh-oh. Yeah, yeah, now, now we can. There we go. Awesome. It's not flashing anymore, so that's good. Um, how high on your NBA head coach rankings do you have uh, Eric Spolstra currently? Coach of the year or coach in general? Uh, just as a coach in general. Uh, top five. Top five in the league. 
he's he he doesn't get enough credit like a lot of guys that had to coach LeBron. They don't get credit. People think you, you just won because of LeBron. I know uh, from game planning against them uh, pre-LeBron, you know, they, the Heat were always prepared and they were always uh, on on point and on the same page for the most part. Um, he's got a great command. I, I've talked to players who did not like playing for him until after they left and they were like, what was I thinking? Like they just thought he was like too kind of stuck in his ways and not like doesn't coach enough off a field and all that stuff. And then they leave and like, yeah, you know what? Like being prepared is actually a good thing because <laughs> uh, now they're playing for guys who are like just kind of off the seat of their pants and they see the difference. So suppose definitely top five to me, pop is the greatest coach, the greatest coach of all time. Um, I would have, uh, Steve Kerr in there. I think I have Spo in there. I have Nick Nurse in there and I have Doc Rivers in there in the top five, I would say. Um, and then there are other guys that I like, you know, I like Brad Stevens. I like, uh, I, obviously I like Mike D'Antoni. I, I love Alvin Gentry. Um, I think Alvin is one of those guys that coaching is weird sometimes guys are coaching for their jobs as opposed to coaching the best way possible. Spo, Steve Kerr, it's no secret. Spo, Steve Kerr, um, Pop, the reason why they're able to coach the way they do is because they're not coaching for their jobs. There's no, there's no fire Spo campaign that's ever going to happen. The day he stops coaching is when he decides he doesn't want to coach anymore. Same thing with Pop, same thing with Steve Kerr. And Alvin hasn't had that sort of... Um, that privilege or that luxury if he did i think he'd be a, a lot better because i've seen alvin when he's not worried and he he's he's excellent he's smart he includes his, his assistants um he's constantly learning he's an excellent communicator um but he tenses up and that's kind of the thing that holds him i think from being in my top five solid answer solid answer okay we have a Quick announcement from Lou Rafter. Lou, if you could go ahead. Hey, hey, mean. So we're trying to do something kind of cool and neat with our guests. And so um, while this was going on, I made you a custom Darth Amin hat. Uh, if you can see it. Oh, yeah. It Darth Amin. So, yeah. um, and we got it back. We got our laughter What's hours on you. Oh, there you go. That's awesome. I don't know if, I don't, I don't know if you're a hat guy or not, but... Um, I if you want to get with, <laughs> but if you want to get with someone on the show, send them their address, or you could just follow me and DM your address to me, and I'll send it to you. But um, I, um, we just want to thank you for coming on. I'm bungling it right now. I'm sorry, but no, it's um, all good, man. No, I appreciate it. Uh, that's very, you know. Steve asked me about like, hey, what's a logo? And at first, I was gonna send the Sith logo, and then I looked at it and was like, that's a little too close to some problematic imagery. In <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I was like, uh, let's go with the let's go because it's the shirt. That's the shirt I have on right now. Is is the yeah, level logo? So nice. I appreciate it. Thank you very much. Yeah, yeah. He actually made that in the background during your interview. I right saw now. him. I didn't know when you. I thought you were like carpent, like doing carpentry. I was like, you have to be here. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty cool. He he made one for uh for Tony uh the other night uh, uh Tony Collins when when she was oh. on with us. Okay, I like. I was gonna say, who's Tony? Oh. <laughs> oh man, did you see the the whole Twitter feed with the Rock on it last night? Yeah, I like. Sometimes I get confused. I don't know, like, what's the entry point 
for people like that. Or maybe The Rock just is, I don't know, you know. Well, look, I, on the show. So. Our, our crew is completely and utterly taking credit for that whole uh, chain of events. Um, well, get, where, a, get him know. a shout out, Cinephobe, man. I, I <laughs> subscribers to go up. Absolutely. Well, we're all, we're all going to make sure we're subscribed and all our listeners will subscribe as well. Subscribe, rate, review, unsubscribe, yes. rate, review again. Yeah. Um, uh, before we throw it to our last question, I have just a kind of a lightning question. If I'm in a basketball conversation, I mean, what is a couple terms, two or three terms that I could use to make the other guy think to himself, holy shit, this dude knows what he's talking about. It depends on who you're talking to. If you're okay. talking to someone who knows basketball, I would say do not do any of that. Okay. It will be very obvious. <laughs> But if you're, if you're trying to if you're trying to impress your, your drunk friends, yes, yes. Oh, okay, so very easy. Like hammer is okay. like a, a certain type of play action where you're dribbling on one side of the court and on the other side of the court there's a guy going and there's a big that screens for him and then you do a cross court pass and now he's wide open in the corner. Okay. Hammer, um, floppy is a real easy one to to notice. It's uh, the big. First of all, the guard will usually call it by doing this. Uh huh. And then uh, the big will go and set a pick down uh, on the baseline, and then a guy will come up off the okay. screen. It's one of the easiest plays to recognize if you're looking for it. So he's like, okay. yeah, they ran a whole lot of floppy action, and, and they ran hammer a couple of times. <laughs> like, you're going to sound like, ooh, like he's like, it's like, you're going to sound like John Gruden, right? Spider okay. Y okay. banana, da 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 da. Right. <laughs> excellent. Excellent. That's, that's great information to have and in your I, back oh, pocket. Ice is, ice is the last one. Ice is when, as a defensive call. It's when they send, like, the ball handler will send the guy baseline, like, in an exaggerated fashion because uh -huh. the, big, the big is there. To, gotcha. To, to, so, oh, they started icing on the sideline. Like, just, you know, it's really <laughs> easy to just. I'm a great, away, yeah. well, I was going to say, I'm a fantastic bullshitter when I need to be. So, I will, I will uh, write those down. Okay, our last question is going to come from our foreign correspondent down in Australia, Morgan. Uh, she is there, and I believe she's got a, a request for you. Morgan, go ahead. Firstly, I've got one question, and then I've got a request. Okay. Um, top five Australian basketballers. Okay. Um, Andrew Bogut? Let me, let, let, without order, let me just throw them out there yes. so I can. Andrew Bogut, Joe Ingles, Andrew Gaze, um, Nathan Dwight, no. Uh, <laughs> see, the problem is, like, I, I'm really bad at these because I just want to name the names, like, to have fun with. Don't do it. I want to – Brad Newley, you know. <laughs> no, uh, Patty Mills, obviously, is on that list. Uh, oh, and Ben Simmons. So, Ben Simmons, no. Patty – Oh, you're so close to me. So wait, close. Wait, hold on, hold on. Wait. So, Andrew Bogut, Andrew Gaze – Joe Ingles, Patty Mills, Ben Simmons. That's that's a pretty good five. Are we angry because he skips out on a lot of? Oh, he doesn't put on that uniform. He doesn't like he it. Supposed to. He was supposed to. He will do anything to avoid it. I reckon he. Including he coronavirus. Yeah, exactly. Including coronavirus. <laughs> I'm convinced. I mean, <laughs> who should I I've have? Who, who who should I have had on that list instead of him? Delhi. No, De Delhi does not make the list. No, I'm going. I'm going. Brad. I'm going. Brad Newley or Nathan Joy then. Where <laughs> I go. Daly makes the list as a scrappy Collingwood supporter. Barrett, you should be into Delhi. Um, Delhi. Uh, 
<laughs> Delhi, there, there was a whole like thing when Delhi was on the Cavs going to the finals, where I was convinced all his lobs were actually just missed shots. <laughs> Every <laughs> single one of them was that was a missed shot, but they called it a lob to LeBron. Like, okay, yeah. Wait, it's so an assist. What do you mean? <laughs> Thank you, Stiana. What a terrible basketballer. And um, my second thing, I wanted to see if you would do a duet with me. Uh, what are we singing? <laughs> well, not well, not the bloody song you suggested. <laughs> I got you. You got my. We tried to set up. this up so well, and you came with that. Oh, I know I that was the that was the most out of left field <laughs> response. I mean, I like I immediately <sighs> dreaded for Morgan. <laughs> I, I literally you, sat here like no. Yo, you know what's funny is is <laughs> I legit like we said sing a duet like. They did it. Oh my God. You guys <laughs> played it so well. I like oh, I, felt, I felt so excited. Like, here we go. And I, I I was waiting for like, yeah, there you go. Lou with the banjo. I was like, Mama told me not to. I did it anyway. Misbehaving. <laughs> and I had to go and Google that while you were talking to see oh, what the lyrics a- were. I can't sing. Spitting in the cussing and the running out loud. Running through the house with a pickle in my mouth. Playing in the streets. Look at me outside waving. Uh, oh, oh there, by the way, there was a point where I had the choreography down. I was what? like, Moss Miami, I was ready to do the whole thing. Thanks, Eric. Where are you? <laughs> that, would not, that would not have worked on Moss, I'm telling you right now. I know uh, my people. That would uh, not have worked. Yeah, that's, but I wanted that's, to see the failure, that's how you you and Mike it. talked me off the ledge. You guys said no one knows that. I mean, is there is no, there no, any no. way he, they legit didn't want it? Is there okay. any way we could see the choreography now? No, I don't Ew. have I don't have room. I <laughs> okay, <laughs> damn it. All right. Me, I oh, was hoping for something like Elton John. Don't go breaking my heart. What I don't they? know. I mean, no. I know the song. I don't know the words. As we've talked that's about, what the rules of karaoke is good for. No, you you are not familiar with the rules of karaoke, right? <laughs> Number one rule of karaoke is you should use the words on the screen as just kind of a light crutch, not like, uh, don't go breaking my heart. Like, <laughs> if you're doing it like that, you're doing it wrong. Pick a song that you know, right, so that you can you can play to the crowd because it's all about playing to the crowd. You're singing over here, you're singing over there, and you're doing light glances as you go, kind of like public speaking. You look kind of at your nose right here, and then now you're, now you're back here. That's one. Two, songs got to resonate with the crowd. Don't go breaking my heart. Does that resonate with the crowd? I don't know. It's, it's hard to tell from Zoom because there's only about nine screens uh, <laughs> in front of me. But uh, party all night long works. That's not that's not a duet. You need a you need a duet. You well, need no, a you song didn't. that engages the people, right? People love that song. I'm telling you. Uh, this is, what about this is, what about one of the duets from Greece? Again, I I know them. I just don't know the words. Like I know you know what I got chills and multiplying and I'm losing control. Like that's that's it's electrifying. And and then she says, "You better shape up because I need them." Okay, maybe I do know the words. By the way, it sounds like they were the words. Speaking of which, while we're on this topic, let me just say right now, because I'm so fucking sick and tired of everybody loving Hamilton. That thing was so (laughs) boring. So boring. And by the way, any musical where all they do is sing, don't ever suggest to me. I don't like it. Like I thought it was going to be like Greece. First of all, Greece, they have words and then they sing. And then they have words and then they sing. And then the other thing is they have songs that are actually catchy. How about that? Wow. What about Dream Girls? Wow. I mean, Dream Girls is a great movie, but again, they talk in Dream Girls. They only sing yeah. periodically. If it's a movie where, like, Les Misérables, uh, Phantom of the Opera, where it's just 
all they're doing is singing. I just, no, I don't want it. No, thank you. I mean, between now and next Mass, you need to learn the words to a Dreamgirl song and then we can do it. It, it would probably be the Eddie Murphy one. <laughs> Jimmy got soul? Jimmy got soul? <laughs> I love that one with the hip thrust in, but uh, I'll, look, I will, I have some, let me, you know what? Let me do this. Cause I do have a karaoke playlist on my, on my Spotify. I'm just, just take a quick look of any of them are duets. And if, if so, then you're in luck. And if not, yeah. Lower after hour barbecue will have karaoke, by the way, not nine one one Wyclef John featuring Mary J. Blige. That's one. That's about it. That's the <laughs> only one. <laughs> Bartender featuring Akon. Right. Oh, by the way, Chris sang Buy You a Drink. I told him to sing that. I told him to sing that. That was my oh, song yeah. I had in the bag. And I said, Chris, you sing it because you're fun loving and people, people, <laughs> people wanted Eddie Murphy from me. So I gave Chris that one. It's a great karaoke song. Great call. Yep. All right. Morgan uh, is, I'm, I don't know if the duet is no, going we're to out. happen. We're out. It was, it's All over right. before it even begun. Oh, you know, gosh. I was just getting been... baby Billy Freeman. <laughs> just go ahead and give it a listen a couple hundred times. Watch the video of them in the 80s. I've doing got it. it. I've we got it up on the screen. We're going to dance. <laughs> I love that show so, so much. Dude, I'm the, so... the coolest thing um, Tim Baltz and Edie Patterson. Uh, they follow me on Instagram and like oh, they yeah. leave comments on my, like, I'm like, damn, like Tim Balls is actually a huge basketball fan. Like whenever uh -huh. we get back to Miami, back into normalcy, I'm going to tell Mark, uh, um, not Mark, well, I'm, well, I'm tripping. I'm going to tell Mike, they need to have Tim Balls on because he's hilarious, but he's also yeah. a huge, huge uh, basketball fan. So he's great. I've had him on, on my radio show with J Jason Jackson on Sirius XM. That's awesome. I tweeted out that Edie Patterson needed to be in absolutely everything, and she found my tweet. I don't know. <laughs> Somebody was searching her name from her official account and uh, retweeted it. She's, she's, she's amazing. She's amazing. She's incredible. She's, she's awesome. And so funny and so so talented and, and, and so cool and down to earth. Because I'd be a jerk if I was on that show. Oh, man. I'd be like Danny <laughs> McBride. I'd be like, I'm, a, I'm an artist. I don't talk to people. <laughs> All right, Amin, that all was right, I've all got of it. the questions. Oh. Amin, I've got it. First, we we'll go the first first. Ready? Uh, okay. All right. All right. Can I? Am I well, allowed I, to play it or not? Um, oh, like oh, I, as far as the rights, I'm, I'm pretty sure. Mm -hmm. Like people always worry about that. Nobody's listening. Yeah, nobody's listening. I, or maybe <laughs> they are because they they use algorithms a lot of the time now to like pick up on stuff. Hey, we're uh, a top 50 podcast. Lots of people are listening. In the world, uh, number one sports oh, in, the, in the sports section, yeah, we're number yeah. 42. There you go. <laughs> so uh, as, as I've said before, uh, Cinephobe, wherever you get podcasts, <laughs> Black Opinions Matter, uh, B-O-M-M, that's the other one we do where we talk about a little bit more serious topics. Uh, so if you guys can like, subscribe, download, et cetera, et cetera. We had Bomani Jones last week. This week we had Carrie Champion. Uh, so... It's a lot of familiar faces as far as guests over there. And obviously with Cinephobe, we're going to have, we have some really big guests coming up. Uh, stay tuned for that. All right. But Morgan, before you start it, I want everybody on the count of three to give a thank you, Amin chant. One, two, 
three. Thank you, You're my brother. Uh, you're my brother. <laughs> Thanks for listening to this episode of Lauer After Hours. You can always reach us on Twitter at Lauer After Hours or Instagram at Lauer After Hours. We're available wherever you get podcasts, so don't forget to download, subscribe, review, and rate five stars. All right, Morgan, start it up whenever you want to. This is what we're going to ride out on. Yeah, we're going. We're getting there. Hang on. It's loading. Yeah, I leave the dancing Nazi. He's such a dick. I got a dancing shoes. Mama told me not to. I did it anyway, misbehaving. Daddy said don't, but I said I'm going to misbehaving. Guys on the window sill, swimming in the creek. Caught your crawl dad, then playing with a stick. I wore lipstick and I... And I charged it in. There's two little country girls outside. We missed that. <laughs> you did. That <laughs> pretty did. much sums us up. Yo. <laughs> don't tap her. I, um, like that first, was so I was good. Like, I was like, the music, oh, sometimes it lags because of Zoom. I'm like, wait a second, it's playing on her computer. How are you missing it? <laughs> Like you were so far behind. I was like trying to slow it oh, down. Oh, oh. I tried to I'm, pause it at one stage. Oh, that's fine. Yeah, no, I was. <laughs> I, I'm going off the sound in my ears. So, guys, that was beautiful. That was beautiful. Don't. I. I, I don't want to see this thing. You know, I, I don't want the band to break up before you've even had a chance for it to. I got a, I got a Stugatz everything right. It's someone <laughs> else's fault, right? <laughs> exactly. I gotta plug my stuff like Thumadity. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I mean, so you plugged your podcast. Is there anything else you would like to to plug while you're on here? Uh, yes. So, um, specific. Okay, so this is gonna sound very Stugatz. I'm gonna plug the podcast one last time because the conversation that we had with Carrie Champion this week, I thought was very important. Uh, not only we talk about her departure from ESPN and why I know a lot of, I, I read in the Reddit and sometimes you go like, why is ESPN doing this? And, and why mm-hmm. are they doing that? And and she, without speaking specifically to all of our situations, right. She vocalizes a lot of why things happen the way they do. So listen to it for that. Listen to also, we talk about the sexual harassment case in Washington and we talked to her about sexual harassment in the industry and what forms it takes because People always think it's like somebody grabbing somebody's ass, which happened in that story, and that was terrible. But it takes a lot of different forms. So please listen to that right. episode. Um, the last kind of month or so of bomb, we really tried to make a concerted effort to have guests and have guests talk about these topics. And uh, we, I think, well, I think we get a little bit more in depth than what you hear when they come on the radio. So please listen to that. And also, obviously, Cinephobe again, because it's funny and it's fun and it's right in line with the uh, sense of humor of the show. Um, as far as other things, hoop streams, myself, Cassidy Hubbard, Kendrick Perkins, we're on usually on Wednesdays. We were all the last two Wednesdays, but we're going to be on on Friday and we're going to be on, on Saturday and we're going to be on on Monday, no Saturday and Monday and some other day. Basically we're going to be on a lot. So be on the lookout. If you follow me, follow Cassidy, we're going to have a lot more of those. Um, and again, it's kind of more relaxed basketball talk. It's not as, you know, 
you know, uptight like regular shows on ESPN. Right, so right. Give it a try. Yeah. All right, Amin. Thank you so much for your time, my man. Uh, final question. Talk to you tomorrow. <laughs> you got it. Yeah. All right. Thank you, Amin. Have a great evening. Thanks. Guys. Thank you, man. Thanks, thanks, for, Amin. thanks for having me. Thank you. Good night, everybody. Thank you so much. Or good morning, good Morgan. Or good afternoon. Good afternoon. Eighty-six Celtics. Well, Celtics or Bulls? I mean. Oh come on! Like I said, like there's one answer for this, uh, depending on. Oh. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> the, the melanin why, like why why ours are different yeah. two americas <laughs> later man thank you thanks me thank you hey debra real quick Ooh. debra yeah hey um with that uh with the with the baseball thing you wanted me to do is there anything i can do it now because my birthday cake's inside <laughs> your birthday? <laughs> oh my god, I'm getting lightheaded right now. Oh, sweet baby Peach. <laughs> Tomorrow's my birthday. Happy yeah. birthday, man. Oh, I don't Happy care. Birthday. Good luck. Good luck. It's my birthday in Australia, Morgan. Yeah. <laughs> oh, oh my god. I, ra- I ran to the cupboard and I got you some candles that say happy birthday. And I'm gonna light them for you. Oh my god, this is better. Oh wow. Oh. We can sing happy birthday. Let's yeah. go. Let's do it. Keep the oh, recording going. <laughs> All right. Wait, wait for the one, candles. One, two, three. Wait, wait for more. Wait for the candles. Wait for the candles. Oh, oh I'm, so- I'm sorry. Like I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Terrible point guard. Here we go. <laughs> Happy birthday, Happy birthday to you. Johnny Gasay Sushi. Happy birthday to you. And many more. Thanks, guys. Happy birthday, buddy. Appreciate it. Oh, Lou. Where's that coming from? Nice, Lou. Just Lou for the Ryan record, I just messaged. Do? I just messaged a meme that said "thank you, man" and said "ma'am" instead, so he's uh, mocking <laughs> me already. <laughs> awesome, dude. He was like, he may have been my favorite guest so far. He was. He was fantastic. Amazing. He was so good. He was. That was that was like legitimately funny shit. That reminds me, actually. Um, so one time I I was in when I was in Australia, I was tra- I traveled back on my birthday, so my birthday started you know whatever twelve thirteen hours two. before. So I was like, uh, I, does that make me hold on? Does that make me older or younger? Because I I think I celebrated like a thirty six hour birthday that day. Because when I got home, there you go. It was about eight or nine p.m. and then we went out and partied uh, till the morning. So. I'm not sure if that makes me older or younger, but um, I think I might have stolen some hours. By the way, I had a um, bucket and a tiny bat ready for. <laughs> That's Jeremy Tash. <laughs> Tashé, whatever the hell he says. Yeah. yeah okay, so. Baseball sounds. Yeah, we doing this? Yeah, I didn't want to know how you guys wanted to go about that because I felt like I was being a little like too like about it or if we just want to like sit and like chatter and then people just like randomly throw shit out hey bro i built a background for you over my shoulder did you really yes. oh my god my wife says, oh, how you doing? I'm like, i've got a podcast i've got a 
Yeah, that's badass. <laughs> so, I don't know. What do you guys want to do? I think me and Barrett are connected with the beer vendor or call on last call. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I had that little, like, uh, rundown. And you want me just to be, like, a PA guy and do the air horn specifically? You're just really good at it, and I wanted to utilize your talent. Hopefully you got some air in that air horn, because I feel like I'm going to fuck up 12 times in a row. You're groovy. Um, Something that I really wanted to do was uh, chatter at the bullpen warming up, because that's something that I always do every game I go to. So that was an idea that I had. Okay. Um, but I think mainly we should ask Eric how he think it would be easiest to record. Like, should we stop this recording, save this file, and then do another one? Or what would be the easiest way to edit it? I think we should ask Eric that. That's a good question that I don't – I'm not looking at you guys right now. I'm trying to copy-paste. Are you here, Eric? He's here, He's here twice. twice. That man's getting high. Give him a sec. No, oh, wait, I need me? a long rip. I'll be back. Can you hear Eric, me? why is it so dark by you? Hello? <laughs> why is we it so dark, you. Eric? Sugar Ray Leonard, Roberto Duran, Marvelous Marvin Hagler, and Thomas Hearns. Legends, whose four-way rivalry defined one of the greatest eras in boxing history. Relive their decade of dominance in a new Showtime sports documentary, The Kings, a four-part series now streaming on Showtime. 